Welcome to the Solid Man Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Curry, licensed marriage and family therapist. SolidMan.com is an ongoing conversation designed to empower men to master the art of being a man. Hey everybody, this is uh, part one, the problem, the externally referenced life. So I'm just going to be reading through this and hopefully you guys will get a good sense for what the problem is really all about as you're on this journey. I'll start with a quote from Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. None are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free. The first part is a gut check. It's going to require that you look deeply into how you've develop the way that you relate to your world. You need to be honest and open about the state of your life right now. With courage, face the resistance you experience as you listen to these words and ask yourself the follow-up reflection questions as you go along. So since I'm reading this, I'll just read you the questions. And if you feel like you need to pause to be able to consider those, just take the time that you need. The solid man process is about mastering the art of fully and freely being good at being a man. Being a man is about living with freedom, strength, courage, and love. Men want to live with significant personal power and self-control as we make a positive influence in our world. Let's have a look at why we don't always live like that. The problem defined. Even though men are very hesitant to declare or even recognize it, we experience many difficulties in life. The problems we face on a daily basis manifest in various ways unique to each man. Here's a list of some of what our troubles often look like. As you read this list, consider what rings true for you. This is a long list, so take your time. Read each one aloud and circle the ones you've experienced. Lacking confidence, personal power, purpose, or meaning. Fear-based living, worry, or anxiety. Confusion about your manhood or masculinity. Sexual issues like performance, porn, or compulsivity. Emotional issues like anger, depression, or bottling stuff up. Being emotionally unavailable to yourself and others. Living in your head or relying only on logic. Relational disruptions in your closest relationships. Having a posture of aggression, intimidation, or abuse. Spiritual disconnections or loss of a moral compass. Poor decision-making, procrastination, or being stuck. Escaping to compartmentalizing, disengagement, or withdrawal. Various addictions, self-medication, or distractions. Inability to transition fully from boyhood to manhood. Lack of focus, presence, and leadership. Being unreliable or not trustworthy. Passivity, frozen, and silent 
From this list, which have been your primary consequences? So take a second with that. With every one of these problems, there are consistent threads woven through the pain that men experience. In this work, Awakening the Internal, we will consider the most profound thread, which is called an externally referenced life. Confronting your own externally referenced life will free you from many of those problems that you face in life. An externally referenced life exists when a man's identity and actions are determined by what others want, what would please others, and what is expected of him to fit in or in order to be acceptable. Since he is dependent on others for his identity and motivation, he has lost his freedom and his vitality. This is where painful problems take root and grow like cancer. The life you want is impossible if you are driven or defined by externals. The goal of the solid man process is to become internally referenced so you can gain freedom and vitality in your life. You have been designed to live in freedom by relying on your strong internal resources An internally referenced man is solid, moving with confidence and influencing his world with freedom, intention, and purpose. Our problem is that we have allowed our lives to have an external point of reference, living from the outside in. Like sheep, we have just accepted this as a way of living without looking deeply at our life. You probably are experiencing life difficulties right now. This is probably why you're willing to take a strong look at the realities of your life and even reading this material. Awareness of the point of reference in your life will give you the ability to live your own life. You will begin to break free from habits and patterns that have held you back from being the man that you always have wanted to be. A man who lives an externally referenced life will never be able to experience the fullness of masculinity and manhood. This experience, the solid man process, is about fully and freely being alive. As you develop a strong internally referenced life and your internals are awakened to the profound realities within you, you will gain strength in life and the problems that have haunted you will release their grip on your soul. The solution to rebuild your life upon internal realities that drive us and define us. Sorry, let me read that again. The solution is to rebuild your life upon internal realities that drive us and define us, living from the inside out. Since we have built the foundation of our lives upon what other people's Uh, what other people think, need, or expect, we have allowed ourselves to be enslaved by what everybody else wants. Essentially, we're handing the reins of our life over to others. The consequences of an externally referenced life are sad, since we lose our connection with our true self, who we really are at our core. Through our reliance on externals, we have developed a false self an imagined identity based on what we think will be acceptable to others. 
Rebuilding your solid core of integrity begins with the essential shift from externals to internals. This journey will take time, intention, and patience. It will change the path of your life forever. So, what are externals? Most men, pushover nice guys to hypermasculine jerks, are driven and defined by externals in their lives. Externals are those forces outside of yourself which you allow to define or drive your life. Externals can either have enormous control over you or actually be a wonderful gift in your life that creates beauty, love, and a deeper sense of well-being. Externals are not bad things in themselves. Problems arise when you need them to complete your identity or when externals drive you for your next move. Here's a list of some examples of externals. As with the previous list, take your time, read them out loud, and notice if any resonate with you. Highlight, underline, or circle the ones that do. I know I'll be reading them right now, so just kind of see if you can, if you're driving or something, you won't be able to jot it down, but maybe you can go back later with the material. Here we go. Our woman, or those things that she might give us, sex, validation, comfort, affection, more well-being, support, appreciation, etc. Our boss or employer and the approval and opportunities from work, promotions, titles, salaries, benefits, purpose, status, etc. The culture at large and what is required to be a good productive citizen, keeping the infrastructure working like a man should. Our confusing family of origin, the systemic dynamics, fusion, rules and roles, expectations, identity, your heritage, the secrets, trauma, control, and abuse, it all comes from family of origin. Our accomplishments, achievements, or things that we do to meet expectations, to get approval, to prove our value or worth, or doing what we should in order to be acceptable. Whatever police or authorities or anyone who oversees our lives expects, keeping us in line and doing what is expected. What the academic system has taught us about the reality of origins, knowledge, what's acceptable in life, your worldview, or getting along. Your device with all the apps, social media, and diversions that come with the technology of our day, coupled with the expectation to stay connected, to respond immediately and to keep up with the next big thing. The messages from religion that shape our identity, worldview, and actions so we achieve the mission or vision of the church. Various sources of authority to which we might choose to submit, like a church leader, a boss, political party, charismatic person, or someone who provides you something that you might need. All our attachments to things that we think bring us life our addictions, self-medication, counterfeits, or our favorite drug of choice. Peer pressure, keeping up with the Joneses, materialism with all the stuff that we think we need, wearing masks, or being a a chameleon so we look acceptable. Consumerism, or how marketing campaigns tell us what we think we need, convincing us to buy something to feel good, or complete, or whole. Different groups, political, religious, sports, academic, gangs, clubs, social, cliques, whatever. 
that all require a certain way of being in order for you to fit in or to belong. It could be totalitarian, totalitarian oppressive governments or cults where you are not free to be believe or speak or to act freely. And if you do, you face difficult consequences. So from this list, which externals seem to have been strongest in your life? These externals push into our lives, expecting us to submit our soul in order to gain belonging or remain acceptable. We really lose our sense of self. In an online course for men on Dr. Glover's website, Roger Nix lists the externals that he pursued before he was able to gain strength over them. His list includes anxiety, alcohol, cocaine, work, success, sex, money, status, approval, being smart and entertaining, strippers, hookers, massage parlors, porn, marriage, fast cars, Harleys, a ponytail, travel, living first class, yachts, private jets, food, sugar, traditional religion, a new thought religion, spirituality, cults, therapy, abstinence, celibacy, 12 steps, gadgets, pharmaceuticals, living abroad, risk, and fantasy. That's quite a list for Roger, but we all have our own list just like this. Even Solomon from the Bible pursued externals to try, and, to try to find meaning in life. He went after wine, women, song, money, education, or philosophy, fame, power, and possessions, eventually describing all of these pursuits as vanity. Externals can determine what we wear, what we buy, what we collect, what we worry about, what we think about ourselves, what we're anxious about, what team we follow, what we're afraid of, or what we pursue. Externals are things where we think life comes from. If I only had blank, then I would feel whole and complete. When men are silent, passive, anxious, distant, defensive, and living from a damned if I do, damned if I don't posture, externals are always in the mix. Externals are our attachments, which control us throughout our lives. When we are controlled by an external, we will never be free. Consider what brings up the most fear, what brings you anxiety or anger in your life. Fear, anxiety, and anger are always attached to our primary externals in your life, and therefore your greatest indicators to help you to, to discover your own set of externals. Reference points. Hundreds of years ago, there was a debate over the point, or over which point, the solar system revolved. The geocentrics believed everything revolved around the Earth. The heliocentrics had developed evidence that the true point of the reference was actually the sun. You've heard about the guys probably in fifth grade. Copernicus, Galileo, the Pope, the Church, those are the main guys. Finally, it was resolved, and there was a shift in the reference from the Earth to the Sun that changed the course, course of astronomy and science. If, you're, if your point of reference is off, everything else in your life will be off, and you'll never get life right. 
So it's the same way as the heliocentrics. We want to find where is the center. You must know that you've been following a false reference point. It's a lie. Men in our present culture have been taught, trained, and even shamed into living with an external point of reference. We have a false reference point upon which our life is centered. Therefore, we actually are living a false life. The externally referenced life is not real or authentic. Our true self is hidden and closed off. It's time to reclaim the true reference point from which your life has been designed to live. That true reference point is your own heart or your core. You have been designed to live from an inner authority, from your integrity, not what everybody else thinks or expects. This idea may be contrary to what you have believed, so listen if there's any personal reactions as you read this. This will give you clues about where your reference points have been. Think about how living by everyone's expectation is like everybody orbiting the earth. It's just backwards. Or everything orbiting the earth, and that's backwards. If you're truly to live in freedom, then you must fully be free. If you are living under some sort of external authority, you cannot truly be free. Your freedom only exists when you're truly free to guide and determine the direction of your own life from an internal place. So freedom can only happen with an internal point of reference. The big lie. The externally referenced life, where externals define you and drive your life, begins with the perception that you are flawed or that something's wrong with you. This is the big lie. There are many traditions that believe and communicate that something's broken or something's wrong with you. Therefore, your struggle in life is to rein in the wild horses or to live on a higher plane. To live an acceptable life, you must build self-control or be disciplined, follow the rules, or straighten up and fly right. We need to recognize our powerlessness or submit to a certain set of rules or surrender our lives to a power which can actually manage our mess. It seems that recovery or success in life always has to do with placing ourselves under some sort of external authority. From the beginning of literacy, there have been stories that communicate that something in manhood is broken, not acceptable for civilization, or needs to be restrained. These stories about uncontrollable masculinity ranged from the classes like Enkidu, from the Epic of Gilgamesh, Robert Bly's Iron John, or even Beauty and the Beast, and even stories more contemporary like Wolverine or Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Even the story of the Frog Prince shows the encounter with the feminine as a doorway to life. He needs the kiss from a beautiful woman to become a real man. Theological perspectives that believe something is wrong with the heart of men has been pretty much determined by only one passage in the Bible, Jeremiah 17.9, which says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? 
People who use this verse as the primary descriptor, descriptor of the hearts of people believe that if we live freely from our hearts, we will fly headlong into a crazy life of sin, sexual sin, immorality, greed, sex, alcohol, and even dancing. These stories and ideas say there must be an external authority that tames our broken wildness. Something outside of us must control us so that we can make life work, live righteously, or gain acceptance. It's as though the way men is, it's not acceptable, and something must change. Evolutionary psychology communicates this with the endless discussions about what an evolved man looks like. This conversation assumes that the way men are now needs to be fixed. We must identify and eliminate masculine deficiencies so that humanity can continue to progress and evolve into the future. You see this perspective in science fiction stories that have an ideal image of men in the distant future as asexual beings with huge telepathic brains and very small muscles. Looks like the idea of a real man until Vin Diesel or James T. Kirk punched them in their gigantic heads. Whether it's theology, literature, pop, pop culture, or science, the message is very clear. Something must be restrained or changed in every man. Somewhere, you've been told that you're born broken, that you're not good enough, or that you're not in good working order. Therefore, you cannot trust your own internal resources to guide your own life. You cannot live with the freedom from your own inner authority. So the question is, who told you that you were broken? Whether it's in your masculinity, your heart, or some other part of you, you've been told that something is broken, that the message comes out in subtle yet really obvious ways. You will discover the real problem is actually a frame of reference, not your core of who you are. Since we can't trust our heart, we believe that we must trust someone else's perception and expectations in order to be acceptable. We end up with the false belief, I can only trust externals if I'm going to get this right. The lie is this, you are broken and you must rely on externals in order to be acceptable. To live from the inside out, you must break the stronghold that this lie has in your life. You must develop an internal point of reference and trust that you are in good working order. So the dilemma, orbit or be rejected. Who knows how all this happened, but in the past 50 years or so, men have been trained to orbit women and please them in order to get the scraps of external validation or sex. Often in jest, message like, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, or happy wife, happy life, reinforce that the primary job of a man in this culture is to please. Like a fish born into the water, we know nothing different. Many of us believe that this is what we have been born for, to please and to make others happy. It's like we're Sputnik. You're a satellite with no gravity, just beep. Beep, beep, beeping through life. With those external messages that tell us we are broken, we become our own worst critic. 
Our self-judgments and criticism crumble our core and mess with our identity. These messages have gone deep into us. We're unaware how deep. Many externally referenced men despise their own masculinity and sexuality. In our own shame, we have created strong judgments against our own core. And we can be our own worst enemy. Taking care of ourselves, trusting ourselves, leading, and even loving ourselves has become a lost art. We actually believe that caring for ourselves or saying something that we want is selfish. And that's a bad thing. The false narrative that masculinity is inherently bad leaves us no judgment, no option, but self-judgment and shame. In order to fit in and be acceptable, we have chosen to defer to externals defining who we are and driving what we do. So we live to please others, to make sure that we're not seen as selfish. Oh no. This is the dilemma. Do I orbit around others trying to please them, which I hope results in getting the validation that I need, or do I, do I become a selfish a-hole who lives to please himself? These seem like our only options. The external point of reference starts with the belief that you are broken, flawed, and unacceptable. So you compensate, trying to look good and to measure up. But the problem is that when comparing with others, you never is going to match up. You're never going to match up. There's always somebody, something, or someplace where you don't measure up. There's always someone smarter, better looking, or funnier. So therefore, we always question ourselves and lose our confidence. Even when your behavior is right, you still believe your core is wrong. If I believe I'm broken, I will never be able to trust my core processes that give me all the information that I need in order to make my next move in life. There seems to be overwhelming evidence that something is wrong with me. I make bad decisions. I'm stuck in poor behaviors. I keep coming back to those behaviors over and over. I can't get it right. I don't measure up. This is how evidence works when it's based on externals. We have the writing on the wall. It says, your honor, the evidence is clear. This man has been weighed, measured, and found wanting. We are all unacceptable. Our self-created externally referenced identity hodgepodge, which comes from parents, siblings, coaches, peers, bullies, teachers, co-workers, bosses, spouses, religion, culture, always fails us. We will never measure up. We will never be good enough. The evidence always says failure. On the contrary, driving your own life requires a solid sense of being self-defined from an internal source, and the truth about who you really are. Freedom is having the power to speak, to act, and think as you want, without hindrance or restraint. So again, the question comes out, where did you learn that you are broken or flawed? Enslaved. When we rely on externals for our identity and motivation, we have voluntarily placed ourselves into slavery or under some external authority. We believe that we must gain some sense of value or worthiness through what we achieve or what others, especially women, 
Think about us. We have become slaves to externals when we live with an external point of reference. We have voluntarily placed ourselves under a yoke of slavery. We are attached to what we think will give us a sense of life. We have deep affection for the things that seem to make us feel better about ourselves. These attachments and affections are our externals. To live the life that you want to live, you must identify your externals. Until you eliminate the hold that these have on you, you will be enslaved to them. The world system wants men to be consumers, workers, and orbiters to keep the machine rolling without complaint. Men have been trained from the beginning of their lives that in order to get any of the scraps that life has to offer, they must put their heads down and accept an externally driven and defined life. There is a different way to live. So here's a few reflection questions that are on the page, and maybe it'll be good to just get it down um, at a place where you'll be able to write. Um, First question, what do you think of first when you hear the idea? of the externally referenced life. Next question. How do you think these externals developed in your life? In what ways has your life been lived from an external authority? Which parts of your life have been lived from your own inner authority? What things do you recognize that you might be enslaved to? All right, let's move into the next section. So this answers the question, how did this happen? How did we become so externally referenced? We live in an externally referenced world, and men in particular have been trained to be externally referenced. Let's look at what keeps us locked into the matrix of the externally referenced life. We have been fed different messages or ideas about life from many different places. Here are some of the messages from our surroundings which have influenced our frame of reference. As you become more familiar with this concept of reference, you will see many more places that life has pushed you and other men into an external frame of reference. Systems. Whether you are aware of it or not, we are all part of various systems through which we live out our lives. These systems are significant contexts of our experience and gaining understanding will open your mind to clarity about how your life is externally referenced. A system is a group of connected people that come together to make a complete whole for accomplishing some kind of purpose or even for survival. Families, a church, your culture, or even your country are systems in which you live. It's essential that you understand your role in any of these systems so that you can begin to make the changes in your frame of reference. Usually, we will accept these roles without any consideration or intention. We blindly follow some unspoken expectation in order to keep the system rolling along. Mm -hmm. When we break free from our expected role, we will rock the boat and the system will do all it can to put you back into the status quo. It's like your body system that does all it can to keep things at 98.6 degrees. The internal homeostatic mechanisms like sweating or shivering keep it the same. So expect every system that you're part of to do everything it can do to put you back into your externally referenced role. 
in any system, there are many different roles that you could have. You could be one who keeps it all together as the glue or the provider. Or you could be the scapegoat or black sheep that takes the blame and shame. Or you could be the helpless one who needs rescue. You could be the cog in the wheel that keeps the machine rolling or a pawn that is just part of a bigger game. Neo, from the movie The Matrix, found himself to be a much bigger part of a story than he was actually aware. He actually was an unconscious member of a large system that used the power from his body to fuel the machine. Once he became awake to this, he then took on a new role with a different system. His new role with Morpheus and Trinity was kind of like a savior that began to break the hold of the greater system for everyone. The message from systems? You must keep the system rolling. How dare you change your life at the expense of everyone else? So what system are you part of? And try to think of at least six systems. You'll be able to come up with it. School. Everyone who has gone to school has had their identity shaped by their academic experience. The fact is that the majority of us don't really fit into the preferred learning style that's required to do exceptionally in school. Generally, about one quarter of us actually have the style of learning where school is just awesome. To varying degrees, half of us end up doing all right, but it's still clumsy and takes work, but we get through it. When the final one quarter of us are outright rejected and spit out, or the final one quarter of us are outright rejected and spit out into the cold world. So for three quarters of students, school is probably not so positive. We were left with a belief that we are flawed, and as kids, that hits us right where it hurts, our worthiness. In addition to that, most of us were teased or bullied to some degree. For most of us, we began to believe that something was wrong with us. We had to figure out what we needed to do to fit in, to be acceptable, and how we must be in order to keep the world rolling. This is not the teacher's fault. Well, okay, maybe some teachers, but they're just a big part of a big system in which we're all expected to fit in. But many of us don't fit, and so we experience difficult things. Just ask ask anybody about their school experiences, and you'll be shocked. Believe me, I've heard some stories. The message from school, something is wrong with you, you don't fit in, and in order to fit in, you have to be a certain way. So what happened to you and your school experience? that moved you to be more externally referenced. The agricultural to technology shift. Over the last 150 years, our world moved from being a physically driven world of agriculture and industry to an information or tech driven world. This has created significant changes in the expectations for all men. We moved from work that required physical strength to work anyone can do. Consider what it took to drive a dump truck. Years ago, it took strong arms, a long reach, and transmission mastery. Now, even the most massive machines can be driven with ease by just about anybody who wants to. Since strength is a huge masculinity concept, men have lost part of their core. Through technology, just about anyone can do just about anything, so many men question how we fit in the world. There are still trades and dangerous or dirty dirty jobs reserved for men, but they are often seen as lower or less worthy. The story of Mr. Incredible from the movie The Incredibles illustrates this well. Mr. Incredible has, had been a superhero who saved lives and protected the world from evil. 
But the government shut that down because of liability. The movie begins with this strong man in a tight cubicle with vitality draining every minute. His strength is no longer valued or even necessary. This is the story of every man in this present culture. Our strength and presence is not obviously as valued as it was decades ago. And since strength is a significant part of the masculine core and strength is not valued, we question our core. The message from agricultural shift. With technology, anyone can do anything, so your physical strength is not valuable. In what ways has the agriculture to technology changed how you see your role with your work and your career? Consumerism. Consumerism and marketing tells you that you're not complete without buying something. You will only be fulfilled when you get whatever that thing is that's being sold. You are told that you need things outside of yourself in order to be whole or complete. You need that new car or the newest technology. Look at how marketing has sucked you in. You need the newest gadget that you can't live without. You wish you had the nicest car so you could look cool. If you drink a certain beer, women will flock all around you. All these things are presented to you as life-giving and essential to feeling good about yourself, to fit in or compensate for all your inadequacies. Consumerism came to the height of absurdity after 9-11. We heard that it was our role in this world to keep the economy rolling, either through buying or working. In the middle of a major disaster, we were encouraged to keep spending. Don't let the terrorists win and keep the economy rolling. This is who you have become, a consumer. The message from consumerism is this. You are incomplete, so you must buy stuff or keep the machine rolling in order to have some value. So to what degree have you been affected by consumerism? Pop culture. Men today understand the value of manhood and masculinity from external sources. We learn our masculinity from identity from TV, pop culture, movies, news, women, other men, and commercials. Every avenue of information hits us with information about the value of masculinity. The models for masculinity we see are hypermasculine, like James Bond, action movie heroes, sports figures, the Dos Equis man, or MMA fighters, or Weak men like Homer Simpson, Ray Romano, TV show idiots who are absent, weak, absent, weak, or deadbeats, or sensitive new age guys. It seems that we're left with only two options, the hypermasculine alpha male or the uber nice beta guy. Not much in between. Two significant parts of being a man, our masculine strength or masculine heart, are being discredited. Since masculinity is not generally valued, and since we are inherently masculine at our core, we get a feeling that we are not valuable. Just so you know, the solid man process does have a really good third option. So the message from pop culture? Something is wrong with you just for being male. What pop culture images of masculinity have impacted you the most? Religion. For an institution that would claim to set people free, religion has been a major player in actually creating externally referenced people. The church has a mission, so you must do what is expected in order to fit in so the church can meet its goals, even though these goals may be questionable. 
It seems that morality and right behavior is maintained through guilt, shame, and obedience, so individual freedom is lost. You must do what's expected and have the right lifestyle in order to fit in, to belong, or to be acceptable. You must do certain things, adhere to certain beliefs, or look a certain way in order to belong. People are caught in the vice of do versus be. Your acceptance is based on what you do rather than who you are. This has been going on for millennia. It was so much of what Jesus confronted with the religious order that was in the power at that time. That religious order, the Pharisees, required anyone to adhere to a massive list of laws, the do's and don'ts, in order to be acceptable. If you didn't follow the rules, you were shamed and rejected. Jesus challenged this way of living and faced significant consequences for speaking against them. This religious way of life is still at play today in many houses of worship. Consider the way you have experienced pressure to do certain things or to perform in a certain way. The message from religion, you must do or be and behave in a certain way in order to fit in or to be acceptable. So how have religious expectations or control played out in your life? Family of origin. The family you grew up in has influenced you more than you will ever know. There are certain rules by which every family operates. Don't tell secrets. Keep the family image. Family first. Irish for life. Don't give in. We stay together. Us against the world. You will be successful. We all will finish college. We are blue collar. Union for life. Vote re Republican or vote Democrat. Follow along to get along. Rules like this stay with us like barnacles, and we must identify them in order to move into a new way of living. There's also roles that you keep in your family to keep it moving the way it's supposed to be. These roles look like the golden child, the good boy, the scapegoat, badass, lost child, smart one, the hero, the athlete, the quiet one, the comic relief, or the baby. You were trained to do what was expected, and you certainly weren't supposed to go outside the lines. There are not many families who truly allow people to be and develop a truly autonomous self. We all start out like fish in the water. A fish does not even know what water is. He was born into it, and the water just is the way it's always been. This is like family. You, remember, you may remember a time when you were at, over at a friend's house and noted that, noticed that Jimmy's family did things way differently than yours. That's the start of discovering the water that you were born into. Later, you may have rejected your family of origin or just had to escape, or you may have been locked in, in it for way too long. Often, we will then replicate, or if we're not, if we don't observe and pay attention, we'll just replicate our family system in our relationships, playing the same role or living the same rules, even though you're a man, you're not a boy anymore. In this journey, to be internally referenced, it's essential to consider your family of origin. Yourself may still be absorbed into the family of origin blob, or you may realize that you keep people at a distance just like your family. You must realize how your family of origin trained you and then begin to break free. The message from your family of origin, in order to be loved and accepted, you must follow the rules and play the role that you were given. So what were your family of origin rules or your role in it? 
and how are you still attached to those rules and roles? Women and relationships. While I believe that men and women are equal in the eyes of God or the universe, I believe there are significant differences. Our biology is quite different. Our genetic imperatives are distinct, and the way we process life is unique. Respecting these differences is required as we process how we move in life. Most men have experienced some shame or even pain with how women understand men. This year is not that women have an opinion about how men should behave, but that presently they have been able to determine what actually defines masculinity. So the message from the world of women is clear. If you don't live up to our expectations about what we think a man should be, you will be unacceptable and we won't like you. It seems that women actually hold the definition and value of masculinity. The ability to define another person or to def- determine a man's value places women in an incredibly powerful position. If she is happy with you, then you are acceptable. If not, you are rejected. She has become your judge and holds your worth in her hands. Some call this this woman who holds the value in her hands the golden-haired woman or the key-holding goddess. She owns your life. Your measure is her pleasure. If she feels good about you, you've got high value. If she feels bad, your measure is low. In our culture today, it seems that women actually own the narrative of masculinity. It's because most men are externally referenced and have given away that power. Reclaiming our own power starts with being internally referenced, knowing who you really are and what masculinity actually is. It is true that there are some wretched men, and many women have experienced the evil presence of those men. However, the vast majority of men are very good at their core. The very small minority of bad men has helped create a distorted view of all men. These good men need to stand up for the reality that masculinity is good and then stand up against the evil men that some are capable of. Since women have had the power to define men, it's as though men have given their manhood and conferred it on have their need to have their manhood conferred onto them as though a woman would knight them with it. In order to feel whole and acceptable, an externally referenced man will need a woman to validate him. There's other messages that we've heard like this, like man up, you just don't get it, or if women ran the world. All these common statements show a common belief that compared to femininity, something is deeply wrong with masculinity. So the message from women is, you do not hold the definition of who you are. Therefore, to be acceptable, you must meet the expectation of women. So how have messages from women impacted the way you live your life? Designed for Connection At first glance to some, the movement from the externally referenced to the internally referenced may seem increasingly selfish and create separation or distance in a person's relationship. It may seem that this first pillar of the solid man process is about creating selfish men who live in complete independence from others. This process is counterintuitive. It's actually an externally referenced life that's predominantly selfish. It may seem to be other-centered and giving, but most of the actions of an externally referenced person ultimately are designed to bring something back to that person. In the externally referenced life, there's always strings attached to try to get somebody to like them 
or to covertly get what they need, or to be seen in a good light. The externally referenced life is a life folded in upon itself. The pleaser and orbiter may seem to be doing everything for others, even to the point of self-sacrifice, but their behavior always comes back to some if-then equation. If she is happy with me, then she will like me. She'll give me sex, treat me right, accept me, blah, blah, blah. The focus always comes back in a warped, backhanded way. The pleaser is somewhat of a mini-narcissist because there, there are always strings attached. The entire point of this first pillar is to help you become aware of your point of reference and shift to a healthy pattern. The external reference is actually a very selfish posture. Humans have been designed for a relationship. There's no way to escape that truth. Our connections and attachments are one of the most significant and potentially fulfilling parts of life. It is that desire for close connections that makes the realm of relationship the most frustrating as well. When your relationships are not going well, they can be one of the most painful experiences in your life. The internally referenced life will prepare you for deeper connections, closer relationships, and more fulfilling interactions. When you are externally referenced, the world of everyone else is your focus. That's, that is what everybody else wants or needs. You, yourself, are actually not even in the game. You do not bring you into the relationship. And not until you are actually in the relationship can you ever have a healthy relationship. Because healthy relationships require at least two individuals. If you've given up your wants and your needs in order and desires in order to please others, you are not an individual in the relationship and a healthy relationship is impossible. You must reclaim yourself through the developing an internally referenced life. Then you can actually begin to experience deeper and more intimate relationships. From the pleaser perspective, having wants seems like selfishness. But the freedom developed from the solid man process results in deeper connections with yourself and others. So let's keep this process going. Of the eight messages, which three meant the most to you? And what are some insights that you have on this lesson? So here's the group presentation questions. This is the set of questions that you present to the group. So I'll just read these, but you know you'll have to get back and get it on, get print this off so you can write it down so you can bring it to group. So what do you hope to accomplish with the solid man process? What were the events leading to start this journey? In what ways does it feel like your story has been hijacked by someone else, as if someone else is running things? In what ways do you live do you see how you live from an external reference? Which externals have been strongest in your life? And how do you think you came to be externally referenced? Who told you that you're broken or flawed? And where did you learn this? Of the eight influences, systems, school, agricultural shift, consumerism, pop culture, religion, family of origin, or women, which culture or system has the most power in your life? And which of their messages has had the greatest influence on you? Share some of the most significant stories that your life have that you've had in your life that has to do with the cultural experiences. Talk about any experiences that you might have had that really shaped you of who you are today. And share any more insights and observations that you've had to do with part one 
the problem. Well, guys, I really hope you enjoyed this, and I hope you were able to really understand um, this stuff and um, process it. If you have any questions, ask questions with the group and, and process it with them. I really hope you enjoyed this, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.